Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation. Hey, guys, welcome to the ZonCon podcast. I'm Andrew, your host. And today we are talking about eco-friendly products. And I am here with Samantha Rosenbaum, and she actually is a Gen Z. And we'll talk about exactly what Gen Z is. That is generally teenager demographic. And she actually gave a talk on eco-friendly products and how Gen Z, that's the teenager and and young 20s, how much they care about eco-friendly products. She gave a talk about that in Hong Kong a few months ago. And so uh, to give a little intro on eco-marketing. So uh, obviously, one thing that we should all be concerned about is, is climate change and global warming. Some people don't believe it's real. It's probably real, though. But we're not going to discuss on whether it is or isn't a thing to be concerned about on this podcast too much. But we are going to talk about marketing to people who are concerned about the world and climate change and stuff like that. So even if you don't believe climate change is real, knowing how to market to these people is actually still a good idea. So at least knowing some stuff like that. And just to give a little bit of perspective, I looked up a few different search terms that are kind of like eco-friendly, earth-first words. And so eco-friendly product actually has over 20,000 searches a month on Amazon. And other products that are considered eco-friendly, like reusable shopping bags and reusable grocery bags, those search terms have over 200,000 searches a month. So there is real demand. There's people looking for these products. So that is something that's like very real thing to market to, right? And to understand that market. So Samantha is... Do you prefer Samantha or Sam? Either one. Sam's Either fine. One. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll go with Sam. So Sam Rosenbaum, she is an environmentalist and proud member of Generation Z, the key to the future of your business. She's excited to help boost your sales and teach you how to market the next generation of consumers by caring for the environment. Oh, I love that tagline, Sam. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. Uh, so first, let's go ahead and ask, like, what is Gen Z? How old are you and how old is Gen Z in general? So I'm 15. I'm a sophomore in high school for people in the U.S. And Generation Z is generally between 4 years old to 24 years old, which is a wide range. And it's very wide. It has 74 million people in just the U.S. So it's a great marketing block and a big chunk of consumers nowadays. But most of the people shopping online are on the older scale. I have a little brother who's eight. He's definitely not shopping online yet. So, you know, the younger age is going to be coming into a world of e-commerce. And my generation, you know, the teenagers and the people in their 20s are also super excited about it. It's a lot easier than having to go to the store. So we're trying to focus all of our attention on online commerce. We're a big part of consumers. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're 15, sophomore in high school. So you're the dead center then of Gen Z. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're, we're getting our information straight from the source then. Mm-hmm. So one thing I know that a lot of obviously four-year-olds aren't a lot of buying power, but the 24-year-olds certainly do and mm-hmm. teenagers do as well. And I know one thing is that those a lot of these trends, the new hot products are the stuff that kind of like the mid-20 people are coming out with. So a lot of, a lot of people in the mid-20s have a decent amount of disposable income. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's what you care about. That is definitely a good group of people to pay attention to. So before we get into the whole eco uh, products and everything, 
Can you tell, I want to know a little bit more about Gen Z. So you're in high school, kids these days, what are kids these days doing for social media and like other things that teenagers care about? So social media is definitely a huge part of it. We like to absorb media like the older generations, except we do it a lot more subconsciously. You know, instead of having to go to the TV and turn it on, or, you know, you go to the radio and turn it on, or, you know, go to the landline phone and pick it up. We have it right at our disposal. I have mine next to me in my bag, always in school, out of school, you know, at teams, book club, everywhere. I'm always on my phone, whether it's consciously where I need to text my mom about something or subconsciously where I'm just listening to music or I'm scrolling through social media because I'm bored. Or I even read on my phone. People watch videos on their phones. The phone is very important to our lives. Computers are also a big deal. The internet in general. Most of my schoolwork is actually on the computer. My school has taken more of a paperless approach. So, you know, they're trying to limit the paper consumption to save more trees. So most of my schoolwork is actually on my my little computer. And during the day, most kids aren't always doing schoolwork on their school computers. I see kids all the time going on Amazon in the middle of English class, looking at shoes, looking at things they want to buy. And the teacher isn't too happy about that. But I find it super interesting that we're consuming constantly all day. Nice. Yeah, that's good. I know that that's kind of how I feel. And there's some people who definitely in the older generations are not as connected. Mm-hmm. But man, I consider my phone and my computer like that's me. Like that's a part of me. Like it, it's mm-hmm. like my phone can never be further than like three feet away from me. Otherwise, I start getting like anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what social media are you using? Are you using, like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook? What's like the what's the hot new thing? So you know, Instagram, Snapchat is really popular. TikTok is also super popular nowadays. We aren't on Facebook as much. So if you're trying to market to especially teenagers, Facebook isn't always the right way to go. But Instagram and Snapchat, I know, do paid ads. And I'm not sure about TikTok. I'm not personally on it, but most of my friends are. I just don't have enough space on my phone because of all the (laughs) other social media apps. We're also on a few others, specifically for school. Schools have turned to sending kids to social media apps to find schoolwork, to listen to podcasts, to find information. So I'm on something called GroupMe, which is a group chat app. And I'm on Spotify because I have teachers that post podcasts on Spotify for us to listen to. So, you know, we're constantly consuming media. YouTube is big. Netflix is big. The video sharing apps are huge. I would say that most kids of my generation, we don't watch TV. We watch YouTube and Netflix. Why is there a need for cable when you have it on your phone? Nice. That's cool. I I did not know that teachers are using Spotify to publish podcasts to their class. That is so Mm -hmm. cool. I have a uh, social studies teacher who has a podcast on Spotify. And when I want to study for a test, I put on his podcast and I take notes. And it's like a second introduction to the material, which is great. And, oh, man, I wish I had that. <laughs> that <was scary. laughs> like, I know there's this whole, what they call, I forget the fancy word for it, but they call it a, a classroom flip. Um, oh, yeah. I forget the word for it, too. I think it's an inverted classroom or something like that. Where yeah, something like that. The teacher usually, like, they, they teach the class online or you watch a video of them doing it and then they go over it again in class. I have a teacher, my math teacher was doing that for us last year and it was really popular with a lot of the kids because we were able to focus more and we were also able to use our phone at home with or without our parents' permission for this homework. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's like, if you can't beat them, join them, right? If you mm-hmm. can't stop them from using their phone, get them using their phone for something else, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. So I actually recently got on the TikTok and oh my God, I actually super love it. So <laughs> yeah, TikTok's kind of one of those like new hot ones, right? That a lot of people who are past the age of 30 have never heard of. I'm 31. So I, maybe I'm like hip enough to know a little bit about it. But yeah, the, all those things are really cool. And again, like kind of knowing how people, where they go and how they consume information and, and knowing how and when to get in front of those people, I think was really important. So that's really good to know mm-hmm. kind of where Gen Z is hanging out. What other things do Gen Z people care about? Social issues or any other kind of like big things? Social issues are huge. Instagram has a story feature where people can post someone else's post and you scroll through it. And as I scroll through my friends' stories, their reposts of things, it's all about the Australian wildfires right now. It's all about climate issues. It's, it's constantly about, you know, my generation's getting into politics very young. With the intense election in 2016, it was kind of expected. Am I great? We were in seventh grade, and I will never forget in seventh grade hearing my teachers talk about Trump and Hillary. And before then, you know, I was alive for Barack Obama's first and second elections. I don't really remember it. I don't remember anyone being super adamant about any one thing. I just remember Trump and Hillary, seventh grade. We watched the election on a live stream in my social studies class. It was, it was intense. So yeah, everyone in my generation is more cognizant of social issues. We're more likely to take charge when it comes to things. We're ambitious, we're passionate, and we're determined. And you can see that in the little things. There is a campaign called Team Trees, where someone tried to raise $20 million to plant 20 million trees. And that was massive on social media with my generation. I think it actually hit the goal way before 2020 came around when you know they were expecting to get all 20 million dollars so we really care about social issues all of them from social politics to you know climate issues it's all in our mind constantly yeah okay so i I like the fact that you said that you know what your peers care about because they look at instagram stories you see Mm -hmm. what they're posting and just look a little meta, like you can see where you see where you perceive like information comes from, right? It's like Instagram stories. Because I also agree, like I don't watch, I have not had cable for my entire life ever. My mm-hmm. parents had it when I lived with them, but I've never had cable. And I've never had a lot of the, I've never had physical newspaper, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Instagram stories. I do use Facebook because I'm old, I guess. But like, <laughs> yeah, those are the places that people are getting information from. And that's cool. So team trees, you said? 20 million trees or $20 million for trees? Yeah. So they partnered with the Arbor Day Foundation. I think it was one YouTube really spearheaded it. And he wanted to plant 20 million trees because he had like 20 million subscribers on YouTube. So before 2020, he wanted to raise $20 million to plant 20 million trees, a dollar per tree. And it was, it was huge. It was everywhere, everywhere. I couldn't turn on my phone without hearing something about Team Trees. And I was interested in checking it out. Elon Musk donated to it. Like everyone was jumping on the bandwagon to save the environment. And it was a really positive thing for everyone for, you know, for my generation because we were getting involved and we enjoy feeling like we're a part of it. You know, the, the social media is really to make us feel included with one another. We, you know, other generations have like clicks in high school. We don't really have clicks, but we do online, you know, follower account is important to us. So once we feel included, especially in something bigger than ourselves, you know, planting 20 million trees is something bigger than ourselves. And it's something that no one person can feel like they could accomplish on their own. But together, generationally, we did it. And it was very powerful for us. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And I, I hope 
you know, I wouldn't be PC for everyone who's listening, but mm-hmm. like I definitely support helping the environment and stuff like that. And I, I think climate change and global warming is a real issue that we should be tackling. And that's so cool that the Gen Z are like really taking that banner and like running with it. I know that young lady, uh, Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, is mm-hmm. that his name? And she's uh, Thunberg. Thunberg, yeah. I think was, she made a lot of like headlines all over the world because she ended up speaking in front of the UN about mm-hmm. climate change. And she was kind of like chastising people too. Mm-hmm. My generation is is feisty. She did win on the <laughs> person of the year. So, but we're, we're a little bit frustrated. We don't see enough of what we'd like. And I think that's frustrating for everyone. You know, if, if you want, if you're going to an ice cream shop and you don't see your favorite flavor, you're going to be bummed out. That's what my generation feels, except we're kind of bummed out about like saving the earth. So we'd like to see a prosperous environment, animals, kumbaya, plants, green. And we were brought into a world in a time with, you know, not a lot of good news. You know, personally, I was born close to 9-11. And I think that worldview was changing and not necessarily for the better. All the news stories I see, and it could be the fault of news not reporting on as many positive stories that it should, but all I see on the news are negative stories. So to see someone fighting for positivity, fighting for an eco-friendly world is really important. And we enjoy the positivity like anyone would. But she was upset and she didn't really give as many solutions as I think would have been helpful. You know, personally, if, if I was there, I would have tried to, you know, lay out the problems and then the solutions. But she definitely did a good job laying out the problems and telling people that they have to find solutions. So I would like to, my goal is to provide the solutions to the problems that have been laid out and displayed. All right. That's a good lead in to say, like, what kind of stuff should we be doing in terms of having more eco-friendly products? So I went to Las Vegas and I did another speaking event. And I, you know, while I was thinking about it, you know, months before I even went to Hong Kong in April, I had an idea called Cradle to Grave Design, where, you know, Cradle to Grave, you think about your product from the very inception all the way to when it's being disposed. Because, you know, it's it seems like a lot to think about, but that's what my generation does. We kind of overthink a little bit. We're a little bit of a neurotic generation. So we consider everything. So from how it's made, how is your product made? Is it made in a factory that burns fossil fuels and releases carbon dioxide? That's not favorable. And then when you're using it, is it something that is, you know, we care about how the product is not just if it's eco-friendly and has a green label slapped on it. So it has to you know, be a legitimate product. So we want you know, high quality. My generation's fine with making lifetime purchases. My dad got me AirPods. I'm planning on having them for a long time. And that's great. I bought an adapter for my phone, which was like $50, which is a lot. I had to work for somewhere to get that to make sure that I could, you know, listen to music and charge my phone. So, you know, my priorities might be a little bit different than most other people, but I'm willing to, you know, put my money into something that's going to last me a while. So that's important. But then I know that eventually that my AirPods and my adapter will end up in the garbage. And I don't want that. I don't really want it to end up in the garbage. I would prefer for it to be made of recyclable materials for materials that can be reused. My AirPod case, I think it looks really cool. If and when it breaks, when it breaks, really. I would like to take out the middle and use it for something else. Use it for, you know, like earbuds for other headphone pairs or when I play music, the, you know, ear protection, the earplugs so that I don't, you know, ruin my eardrums. I might want to use it for that. So 
we're thinking of it after the life. We're thinking of its grave stage. And if your product is biodegradable, that's great. Plastic doesn't biodegrade. And what does that mean? Biodegradable means that it's going to go back to the earth it came from. And if it does that, that's great. If it's recyclable, that's also great. If it's reusable, that's great too. But we'd like an end for the product. We wouldn't like it to outlive us. My water bottle is going to outlive me. And it's unfortunate. All the plastic I see on the streets is going to outlive me. And we don't like that. That's a little daunting. And we would prefer it to. We would prefer us to outlast it, even if it's a little bit narcissistic. Once it stays for millions of years, that's not good for anyone. Yeah. So, okay. So basically the big thing, I love that cradle to grave design. So where does it come from and how can you make that more sustainable, more Mm -hmm. eco-friendly? Then of course, most people care about the use case, right? And a lot of people, Mm -hmm. especially when you're kind of focusing on the whole like Amazon, like convert that seller kind of things that you, a lot of the mindset, like you're really just kind of going for that buy is what you really care about. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be both probably more moral to have better products considering where they come from and also where they will be going. So mm-hmm. finishing, you know, going to grave, the big thing you said was uh, making it out of recyclable materials and mm-hmm. having maybe a second use case for it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. That's so good. So what plastic is a big one. That's like a pretty big no, no, right. Mm-hmm. Within reason, obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of exceptions and stuff, but plastic is something we don't like. So do you know, like, can you tell us like, kind of what the top materials? I know you're not like a chemist or anything, but like mm-hmm. what kind of stuff are people as eco stuff made of? So bamboo is great. Bamboo grows a lot excessively. So if your product is made of bamboo, we know that's sustainable. I've seen in restaurants in my own town, I've seen bamboo plates. I've seen bamboo utensils. I've seen them made into straws and Pretty much everything you can think of that could be made of plastic could be used for bamboo. Of course, there are some exceptions, like, you know, I'm sure there are parts of the car that you can't exactly make it of bamboo. But as much as possible, my generation will try to make it eco-friendly or will buy things that are eco-friendly. Other things or other materials instead of plastic that could be used are metal. Metal is typically reusable. One of the big <laughs> trends that was going around was something called a Visco Girl. That was like a meme. A Visco Girl. But it's, it's someone who is characterized as having a hydroflask. A hydroflask is a metal water bottle. And, you know, their slogan was like, save the turtles, ditch your plastic straws in favor of metal ones. So the two characteristics of this super popular faction fed turned into meme, turned into, you know, internet sensation was eco-friendly reusable water bottle and metal straws. So that's what my generation cares about. We would prefer are things to be reusable and, you know, metal is better than plastic, not necessarily metal cans, but reusable water bottles, reusable straws. You know, if instead of metal straws, since a lot of people find them hard to clean, bamboo straws. So those are disposable paper straws. I've seen a lot of places switching paper straws. Glass is better than plastic. Pretty much everything's better than plastic. I have a friend who just stopped drinking Snapple because they've been switching to plastic bottles. He just stopped drinking it. It was like his favorite thing. And, you know, one time I saw him with an Arizona iced tea. What are you doing? What are you doing with that? Aren't you a fan of Snapple? And he's not a fan of the plastic. So they lost a lifetime customer with that. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Nathan's little plastic fork things. My generation doesn't like that. We're either going to stop going there altogether or just not ask for the plastic little fork thing. Either way, it's wasting money to use plastic. And even when it comes to packaging, there are ways to be more eco-friendly. Packing peanuts, not that I've seen those in a while. I don't know what happened to them. 
but they're made of styrofoam. That's terrible. Styrofoam will outlive all of us. The lunch trays in my school, people stopped buying lunch for the lunch trays. So my school had to, they were forced to switch to paper lunch trays instead of bubble wrap because that's made of plastic paper. I've seen a bunch of brown paper in my packages. My mom bought me boots and the boot came with paper around them, which is a lot better than bubble wrap. So there are a bunch of other little things like that that you can do to make your product more eco-friendly just by yeah, changing the material. Yeah, I think it's obviously like well, no plastic, I think is kind of the big one, right? And like you said, bamboo, metal, reusable products and glass, that all makes sense. And the packaging, I think packaging is a big thing that's easy to do because you often just kind of default, especially a lot of the, you know, from my perspective, the Chinese suppliers are like, love plastic. <laughs> Everything's like plastic wrapped in plastic with more plastic on top of it mm-hmm. and plastic inside. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> please mm-hmm. stop. But asking your supplier if there's a reasonable alternative to styrofoam to bubble wrap i think that's a really good idea and that could be an easy win and again obviously like we do it because we care about the earth and we do it for a moral reason but if you only care about the dollars and cents and profit for your amazon business like you can just say oh my god eco-friendly packaging we're super eco-friendly mm-hmm. we're we're here for the environment and you get that little bit of that premium so uh, even if you don't care about it you should care about it from a marketing perspective exactly um, okay so i'm curious do people care about stuff coming from China? Would they prefer it come from a different country? Is there any is there any like stigma or issues there, with that? There's certainly a big stigma with the you know made in China label. Not that you should take that off because that would be dishonest if your product is made in China. But if you say the the factory is eco friendly, it doesn't really matter where it is. But if it just says made in China and you don't really know much else about it, my generation tends to just automatically associate that with fossil fuel. I've seen the pictures go viral online where it's like a city in China that you can't even see 10 feet in front of you because it's just clouds of smog and smoke and no one wants to live there. Yet it's disgusting. And it's, it's a real fear in my generation that my own backyard might look like that one day. And I can't stop that unless I, I do and I can. So I buy eco-friendly products. And that's the mindset. So, you know, it doesn't really matter where, if your factory is eco-friendly, but there is a little bit of a stigma. But most of it comes from, you know, if it's a made in China product, then it's typically thought of as more cheap. But if it's eco-friendly and inexpensive, that's like, that's great for my generation. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I think generally, you know, there is a little bit of that stigma with with made in China. It's kind mm-hmm. of always persistent. But yeah, like you said, I think that's a good win is that keep it cheap and keep it eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So Sam, I remember one thing from your talk in Hong Kong, you mentioned that you had asked a bunch of your friends, the Gen Z friends that they're ship their product preferences. Do you have a little bit of that information on hand? You can tell us about the surveys you asked your, your Gen Z friends. Definitely. So... I, you know, went out, I started with my friends, I started with my school, I was a little bit pushy with kids who probably didn't want to be pushed because it was like eight in the morning and I was standing outside my school building like, hey, do you want to do my survey? But, you know, in the end, I got a ton of responses. I think it was, you know, it was way over 100. I forget the exact number, but it was all about eco-friendly products and what we would like to see in the future. So I'm pulling up the results of the survey now. One of the big things that I saw was that my generation's actually like aware of a lot of things here. We actually think about it every day. You know, sometimes I think it's just me and just a few of my friends who are in like 
you know, the Hope Club in my school, which promotes environmentally friendly thought and stuff like that. But when I found the results, it was most of my generation, if not all of it, for some of them. So one of the questions I asked, do labels that say eco-friendly labels impact your shopping? 100% yes. All of them. All of them said yes. Eco-friendly labels impact the shopping. And the same 100% said that they are more likely to buy eco-friendly products. Of course, there are some instances where my generation, as teenagers, most of us aren't high earners, hopefully yet. But as a teenager, most of us are only qualified to work minimum wage jobs. So we don't have that much money. But I did ask, my exact question was, how much more money are you willing to pay for an eco-friendly version of the same product that you usually buy? And the response I got are crazy. Someone said double. Double. The first response was double. That's 200%, like 100% more, 200% of the price. It's crazy. We really care about this stuff. Some people said they pay $20 more. Some people said that they pay one and a half times. And the responses kept coming in. Everyone said that they pay more and more for eco-friendly products. And they're paying for non-eco-friendly products just because they care. So then I did a little bit of like an actual example, and I talked about two notebooks since I was surveying most kids from my school. So I gave the situation, let's take two composition notebooks with 100 pages each. Book A is not eco-friendly and costs $3. Book B is eco-friendly and costs $3 as well. Again, everyone said they'd want book B. 100%, all of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. So then I asked the same question. Book A is not eco-friendly and costs $3. Book B is eco-friendly and costs $6 because of the way it was manufactured. Again, 100% said that they'd buy book B. It was $6 as opposed to $3. And they all said they'd buy book B just because it was made in an eco-friendly way. It doesn't have more pages. It doesn't have a pink cover or blue cover or anything fancy, but it doesn't come with a pen. Just knowing that it was made in an eco-friendly way, I didn't even specify what kind of eco-friendly way. Maybe it was recycled paper. Maybe the factory was powered by solar panels instead of fossil fuels. But just because I said it was eco-friendly and I gave this hypothetical situation, they all wanted the eco-friendly one, even though it caused double. And they didn't even know how it was eco-friendly. It was really crazy. And another question I asked were, what are some eco-friendly business practices you support? And, you know, I got the stuff that you'd expect, like, you know, eco-friendly material and bamboo. But a lot of people said that they use, they try to refill their dishwashing liquid. They try to refill old bottles. They try to get their everything, even down to their water from an eco-friendly way. I've seen families buy, you know, the Brita filters and, you know, all those fancy filters for their tap water. Even if they live in, you know, a relatively unsafe place for tap water, they would prefer to have their own filtered water and avoid the plastic bottles than anything. I got some examples of eco-friendly companies. And one of the things that they asked for was eco-friendly hair products. And, you know, if you can make your product eco-friendly, even if it's one one step, changing the packaging, changing, you know, the way it's manufactured, changing one little part to make it a little bit better for the environment, that's huge for my generation. Right now, there's this thing going around with eco-friendly shampoo and conditioner where it's instead of a bottle, because those plastic bottles account for a ton of the plastic involved in pollution. You know, most people think it's only water bottles, but shampoo bottles as well, conditioner, body wash. So one of the things I've seen in Lush, which is, you know, considered like a high-end 
place for makeup and beauty and pampering kind of products are these eco-friendly shampoo bars, like a bar of soap, but it's shampoo. So you rub it on your hands and then you put it in your hair and no plastics involved. It comes in a metal case with some wax paper and that's it. And my generation give all of our money for eco-friendly shampoo. You know, it's every little part of our life. So that's so cool. I didn't even think about that, that you could fundamentally change the product. So it doesn't even need packaging or might maybe it only needs, like you said, a wax wrap or a paper wrap. That's cool. I love Mm -hmm. that. So we can see here, obviously, Gen Z cares about this. I think and also, of course, not just Gen Z, there's a lot of people who care about this stuff. And of course, there's very niche groups of people who will pay a large amount. Mm -hmm. It sounds like Gen Z is huge into this. So that's, I love that. It's so good. So I'm curious, Sam, like, what's your big why? Like why, you know, I'm gonna say it's probably pretty intimidating to get up on stage with like 100, 200 people, especially like, this is in Hong Kong, you're from New York, so like Hong Mm -hmm. Kong is like really far away, foreign continent with all these like random people. And like, you get up on stage, like talk about this stuff. And it's very inspiring to me. So I really appreciate you doing that. Why do you do that? So The environment is really important to me. I want to be a doctor. And one of my focuses now, I'm interning at laboratories, I'm in science research in my school, is how does the environment impact human health? And the results I'm finding are terrifying to me, to be quite frank. Even if you don't believe in climate change, the research my generation is doing alone, even if it's a simple Google search, scares us. It scares us. And we're trying to take action. So my action, my little piece of the global puzzle is to do this, is to help sellers to become more eco-friendly. To Even if my impact is minimal, I know I'm making an impact on the world in this small little community of, of sellers who are trying to be eco-friendly and are trying to be better sellers and market to my generation. So, you know, I recycle in school. I try to buy eco-friendly products. I make sure everything that I buy, or at least everything to the extent that I can, is made in an eco-friendly way and a humane way. On top of that, I try to support people who have more say than I do. The person who had 20 million subscribers on YouTube to do the Team Trees thing, I try to support them as much as I can. I shared all the stuff, information, donating stuff, all around. So if I can do my little part in speaking in Hong Kong, I know I'm saving Mother Earth at least a little bit of hassle. Yay. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was so good. Yay. That makes me so happy that you actually care. <laughs> I mean, so many people just do it because the money or just do it because mm-hmm. of this or just do it because of the ease. And it sounds like you actually really, really do care. And I, that is really inspiring to me. I hope it's inspiring to all of our listeners. <laughs> that is your why is just because you care. <laughs> <laughs> So I always like asking people, I love hearing people's why. And I was like, maybe, maybe one of the best whys I've ever heard. So like, that's very good. And now another thing I like to always ask people is what's a good resource, like a book, a website, a documentary to watch or listen to or read? So a lot of the information I've gotten has come from a bunch of sources. I think scientific journals are really important. I find a lot of them on plus one. I'm a big nerd. I love biology. So I do my research at the source. I try to look at scientists' work. I even try to go out and do my own field research. That's always important to do. But something that's more like palatable and quite frankly enjoyable, there's a YouTube channel called ASAP Science. And they have been posting videos for probably the whole decade that we just left. And it's phenomenal. They recently talked about the bushfires in Australia. They talked about their plastic consumption, how to limit it. 
I recently saw a video where they did a challenge where they tried to tape everything plastic that they use for a week on themselves. And I'm going to do that once school's out uh-huh. because I probably get dress coded if I try to do it during the school year. So once school's out and during the summer, I'm going to spend a week and I, I would support everyone doing this because it makes you really aware of the plastic you're using. You know, every time you use a plastic water bottle, cup, everything plastic, the packaging on your bag of chips, just try to tape it to yourself, tape it to a shirt, staple it to a shirt and wear that for a week. And I think that's really the mindset my generation has without having to do the whole plastic challenge. We think of that anyway. We think of the footprint we leave behind. It's really important. Yeah, ASAP Science is great. Actually getting scientific journals is great. And I think it's important to get them from the science source themselves, from, you know, the geniuses working and getting funding and, you know, you know the people who, who've spent their lives trying to learn. I think it's important to get information from them. Nice. I just took a peek at ASAP Science on it's ASAP Science mm-hmm. on on YouTube, and it looks really like a fun channel. It's all science stuff, all like bite sized kind of ten minute videos. Mm-hmm. And they have like twenty plus million views on their top videos, so it's yeah. looks like a pretty popular channel. So we'll have you find like your favorite kind of ASAP Science video about mm-hmm. some sort of environmental thing, and go ahead and find that for me, and, and we'll put it in the show notes. So if you guys want to see a fun little ten minute video go ahead and open up your little podcast player and there'll be a link there. You can watch a 10 minute little video on, on something that Sam thinks is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I recently watched the one on the Australian fires that are going on. And I think that one's important and it's a really interesting video. They sometimes make songs and those are fun to listen to as well. And they have, I think it's like 9 million subscribers. So this is definitely almost 9 million. What my generation cares about. So. What if the world went vegetarian? That's one of their top mm-hmm. ones. Oh, what do you think? Okay, I, I guess that's one thing I'd like to know about Gen Z. What do you guys think about the vegetarian vegan thing? So personally, I'm a vegetarian. Big shocker. And <laughs> <laughs> and my generation actually, even if it's a small little thing, you know, I know that by being vegetarian, like, you know, how actually how many cows am I saving? It's a lot, but it's not going to really like chip into it all that much. But once all of us are doing it, it's really impactful. And we know that, you know, we all know that we're little pieces to a big global puzzle that we really care about. I have a bunch of friends that are vegan. I know a bunch of people who are trying to cut out meat for their, from their diet for one day. Even if it's for one day, that actually makes an impact. I have friends that try not to get food from any fast food chains because they do contribute to deforestation in the Amazon. And they try to put cows there, which don't even thrive there. So it's kind of abusive to the animals anyway. But it's also taking down trees and forests and other wildlife. So we just don't support that at all as against everything. So, you know, being vegetarian, vegan, while it is made fun of a little bit, we know that it's helping. And a lot of people are becoming switching to a non-meat diet. Yeah, so my wife and I actually do Meatless Monday, mm-hmm. and we. I wish I was. I wish I had the willpower to be meatless, um, mm-hmm. but we do Meatless Monday just to be mindful of the meat consumption. And I don't know mm-hmm. if we'll actually have any impact on our actual consumption, without like you know, in terms of big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. But we just try to do it just to be mindful of it. And so if if anybody wants, if anybody cares about this and wants to like a little teaser into vegetarianism, I think Meatless Monday is kind of like a nice way to get into mm-hmm. it. And w- what about your generation though? I mean, are they how many? friends do you think are vegetarian or at least like veggie sympathizers so most of my friends are 
at my lunch table, like all of us are vegetarian and some of us are vegan. You know, none of us eat meat. Some of us don't even eat animal products like, you know, milk, cheese, and eggs. But a lot, a lot of people are. I can quote the number right now. Sure. Mm-hmm. So 7.3 million people follow a vegetarian diet. So about half a percent of those are vegans who don't consume animal products at all. But yeah, a, a lot of people. It's 3.2% of U.S. adults. And the data is probably not out yet about my generation because we're so young and a lot of people find it unethical to pull us. But as a member, I find that it's okay. But yes, it's it's growing. The number's growing. More of us are doing things like Meatless Monday or just cutting the diet altogether. And even if it's a little bit difficult, you know, my friend who's vegan, her favorite food is sushi. Like she likes the flavor of it. And I, you know, I can't lie. Like chicken just tastes good, but we care enough about it that we try to cut it out altogether. Yeah, nice. I like that. So before we jump into the last bit, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Oh, there's one thing. When I was in Hong Kong, I heard a speaker, I forget their name, I wish I knew, who said the riches are in the niches. And that's very true. I looked at the numbers and that's very true. But if you think about eco-friendly as a niche, you know, I guess it is in a way, but it's a really big category. So to focus in, hair products, like just if you're trying to switch to eco-friendly products, my recommendation would be to go through your day or ask someone to lay out their day plan for you and think of every product you touch. I'm sitting at a desk on a chair. I'm sure that this chair has some plastic components and did not say eco-friendly when it was bought. But if it had, and if it, you know, if it was made in a more eco-friendly, sustainable way, I bet it would be bought more frequently. I mean, I know I would purchase it more frequently. I'm in my dad's office. I didn't get to make any of the purchasing decisions. <laughs> but when I do get to decorate and furnish my own home, that's what I'm going to be looking for. When I look for decorations for my room, that's what I look for. I look for bamboo. I look for, you know, not plastic, anything but plastic. The desk I'm sitting at, you know, it's made of metal. And I think it is a lot better than plastic. So I look for things like that. Even down to like the cups and utensils that I use. Plastic sucks. Glass is better. Metal is better. It, anything is better than plastic. Yeah, that's a good, I think that's a good place to stop there. And but I do want to ask one more thing. If you can tell Amazon sellers one thing to do today, one actionable thing from the do today, what kind of thing would you tell them? I would tell them to be cognizant. And look around, look around you and think of one thing you can do in the current moment to be more eco-friendly. And, you know, if, if you like and you're more interested in the money rather than actually the environment, which is totally fine, think of one product that you can make, you can flip to be eco-friendly. So I'm sitting with a mouse pad. If you use a mouse pad today, think about a way you can make that eco-friendly. Do some research into products you know when you're walking out and you finish your cup of coffee put the lid the plastic lid in the recycling bin put the paper in the recycling bin dump back to the contents first because you can't recycle liquid but try to recycle one thing today try to take one step because you know at least my mindset and my generation's mindset is really you know the best time to make change is in the current moment and if you take that current moment and you know you see today you can't pay those dms and every single second you try to be a little bit better for the earth and you know a little bit better for your business, it's really impactful. 
Yes. Ah, I love that. That's a good place to end. Sam, thank you so much for being here. I thank am you. very excited, very inspired by you. And I just want to like give you support, like keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it makes me very happy. There's people like you in the world. Aww, thank you so much. <laughs>